You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Brandon. And I'm Saba. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's conversation, we have the pleasure of speaking with someone that our friend Joe at Nature's Key here in Oklahoma recommended to us. He's a former EMT, has helped 124 people and two service dogs with cannabis, anything from addiction, pain, MS, cancer, etc. He's been researching medical cannabis since he was 18 and has some great insight to share through his experiences. So please welcome Lucky to the Cannabis Hangout. Hi, Lucky. Hey, guys. Hi. Thank you guys for having me on. So excited. Thank you so much for calling in today. We're so happy to have you. So let's just start from the beginning. Will you please tell us where your cannabis journey first began? Absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> well, like many others, I'm sure that it started uh, in the high school with experimentation. And um, I, uh, <laughs> I'm i a cop's kid and not just a cop's kid, but I'm a federal cop's kid. Oh, and wow. so um, okay. my, my dad was captain uh, U.S. Department of Justice, U.S. Marshal Service, their operations. Wow. And mom was the EMT instructor for the highway patrol. And so that's where I, I got my EMT from because as soon as I was getting close to ending high school. Um, my mom was like, no, you're, you're, you're going to do this. And so I was like, okay. So that's what I did. And, um, but I started, uh, in high school, I started to, to, to smoke and, um, was being kind of a, you know, a a rebellious teenager. Um, but at, at, at this time, so I graduated high school in 1996. And so about this time is really when ADD and ADHD is starting to really come forth. You know, when I was a little kid, we didn't have any of that, you know, or it was very much unheard of. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that as I started to, because <laughs> I would go to lunch and I'd smoke on my lunch break and I would come back. Well, all years that I was in high school, I, I had um, Spanish and, um, I noticed that after lunch, when I'd smoke, of course, just laughing constantly and getting kicked out of class. But <laughs> I noticed that <laughs> I know that I uh, I retained it, and uh-huh. I was able to sit still, and I was able to focus, and I was able to to learn. And so that was always in the back of my head. And so when I graduated high school, a buddy of mine took off to California, where he still is today, and he does work in the movie industry. And um, he uh, he gets there, calls me, like, oh, Lucky, dude, you got to check stuff out. And I'm like, man, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm just, 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 just you know, and, and forgive me for saying this because this <laughs> tells about a, a little bit of illegality. It's okay. Um, but I was, I was, I uh, was um, given something, and I'm not going to say how it got to me, but <laughs> I was given something from California um, that made its way here to Oklahoma. And I looked at it and I called him and I said, man, why do, you know, and, you know, forgive my language, but why does the stuff that I have look like it came out of the back end of a donkey and yours look like a damn angel delivered it from heaven? (laughs) (laughs) And so I really started to learn the differences between all of the variations of the plant and the cannabinoids. And, um, because I was curious, I was one of those people, you know, if I'm going to put something in my body, I want to know what it does. I need to know how to counteract it. Um, and I just started to learn all the benefits of it from everything that had gone on in California. 
um, to the other states that were uh, medical um, at the time, which was barely unheard of. Um, and so from there, I just really started to, to research. And it wasn't, unfortunately, until about 20, 2015 um, is when my education in cannabis got really really good and it was out of necessity um my father my father acquired cancer um he got it he got it it metastasized quickly and then he passed away um in 2016 um i was able to make his life infinitely better with a friend of mine we came together and we were making um heavy indica gourmet chocolates for him. My dad was a chocoholic. Oh, he loved chocolate. <laughs> and so I would give him these, these chocolates and I was able to curb the lure tab that he was on. My dad had been taking 7.5 lure tabs for years and years and years. Uh, and I probably should have prefaced this. Um, I'm very proud of my dad. Um, my dad is in the Guinness book of world records. Oh. He is the youngest pilot in the world to fly with polio. My dad was also the poster child for polio in England because when the vaccine came out, vaccine came out here, he was in England with my grandfather. My grandfather's colonel U.S. Air Force. And um, so he contracted polio and he went on to do amazing things with it because of it. But at the very end, the polio um, really, really did not agree with the cancer. And so everything went much quicker than normal. But the cannabis and the cannabinoids, um, especially the, the, you know, all the CB side, um, was able to just work. We weren't giving them really high THC per se. It was more of a CBD because I researched the cannabinoids that were going to help with this particular type of cancer. And so um, we had him on chocolates and, and all that stuff and then um, made his life infinitely better. And <laughs> it's so funny. One day he comes to me, he's like, Josh. And I said, yeah, dad. And he goes, and he looked at me for the longest time. I mean, it cost you like an eternity. And he looked at me with that look and he goes, Josh, do I want to know what's in those chocolates? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Dad, do you feel better? Are, is it helping you? And he goes, Oh, God, it's wonderful. I have the appetite I can eat. So great. He goes, I laugh a lot. So do I want to know what's in those? No, Dad, you, uh, it's not important. We probably shouldn't talk about it. I was like, You're retired now. You're, you're good, but we'll just leave it at that. And he goes, Fair enough, son. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's better than what's in your Laura tabs that you were taking. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so, and he did. And my dad never abused the Laura tab. He, he didn't. And there were times that he didn't want to take it. But he was on Laura tab for years and years wow. and years. Wow. I can that remember as a kid being able to, I remember when I was 16, you know, first got my car. My, of course, mom and dad would go to the store, pick up our groceries, pick up our prescriptions. You know, and this was before you had to, if you were picking up opiates, you know, it had to be you and your ID, not yeah. before any of all of that. They're like, oh, sure, you know, and they just gave them to you. Um, now, my mom, same thing happened to her. Um, dad passed, mom got sick. And unfortunately, with mom, though, on the other side, um, mom was not so keen. Um, she'd been smoking, but my mom was an alcoholic. And towards the end there, the, the, the nasty demon of alcohol yeah. tried to take over. Yeah. Um, and so it was really sad that I, I was not able yeah. to assist her. Um, I was up until dementia. And when you mix that with the onset of Alzheimer's and then you mix that with the uh, cirrhosis and the ammonia and your system builds up, it creates um, very combative, yeah. very hostile behavior. Right. Yeah. And um, 
unfortunately, uh, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't get her to take anything. Um, I, I, I tried that, but unfortunately that, that is how I got so good with the medical strains and each strain helps people and everyone, every strain is different. Every person is different. Correct. Yeah. And so what, what I do with, with folks is that I sit them down and the first question that, that I ask, and this is so important, and if you are talking to friends of yours and, you know, they're coming to you and they're saying, hey, I'm having some issues, you know, I've got, you know, I, I'm hurting, I need sleep, my friends are telling me I need Indica, but for some reason, I, it's just keeping me away. I don't know what's going on. This is so very important when people are starting this journey that we find out if they are paradoxical or not. The term paradoxical meaning that when you take a Benadryl or you take an opiate or for the lack of a better term, any type of speed, um, you immediately go to sleep. You're tired. Where's you out? But when you smoke Gandica, it, it turns it into, so your, your chemistry is flipped in other words. And so people that are paradoxical sativa is what we give them for pain. And we never give them full sativa. And I'll tell you why in a second. We give them sativa dominant hybrids for pain and sleep. And then for daytime, we give them indica dominant hybrids. Paradoxical people, we have to be very careful with because if they are prone to any type of epilepsy, seizures, anything like that, pure hard sativa will cause an epileptic seizure if you're not careful. Mm. It's not going to cause it all the time, but it yeah. will. And it can put people in the hospital. It can do all that. So, you know, there in Oklahoma, one of the most tragic things that I saw in dispensaries was that everyone was like, oh, here, open, just start opening jars and shoving them in people's faces. And all, while opening a jar and letting people smell it is important, you have to establish that chemistry first. And so that's my very first question out of my mouth when someone comes in to a dispensary, has no idea what they're doing, and they're looking to treat pain. Most of the people of those 124 people that I've helped, the majority of them have no desire for tetrahydrocannabinol whatsoever. They do not want THC. They do not want to get high. They want the pain to stop or they want the pain to be manageable. So believe it or not, the majority of the people I've helped haven't even been with THC. Okay. It's all been with CBD, CBG, CBN, um, all the other cannabinoids. Now, there's some others that I've helped that were stage three cancer, stage four, and even HIV and AIDS. Um, now, those were given RSO, you know, heavy indica, um, things like that, because at that particular point, we're trying to manage pain. We're trying to make uh, a better quality of life. Right. And... Um, so that's really kind of how all of that started and how okay. I progressed and, and, and went forward and to being able to help the people that I have. Um, I have two dear friends that have been able to assist me. I, I'm not going to say their names on the air, but um, they are in the medical industry and I'll just leave it at that. Um, they have been able to give me access to um, reports and all kinds of studies and papers that haven't made it to public knowledge yet. And so this also helped. To, to really put an edge on things because each patient I work with is different. I mean, I take notes. I make them take notes, you know, because they need to learn. They need to know how to take care of themselves. Right. And that's what I'm a big advocate of. 
I'm, I will be glad to hold your hand and I will walk this journey with you, but you're going to know what you need to put in your body. You're going to know what you need to do because if I'm not there to help you, you need to know how to take care of yourself. Yes, absolutely. And so, um, and so that's where I've, I've come to and that's where, how I've landed where I am today and yeah. how I ended up talking with Joe because Joe and their nature's key products being only one gram of sugar, you know, all of the other things. I, I never found a product in the state of Oklahoma that was so medically, you know, just there for that. Right. It was just allocated for that. And their design and all of their products was made to be beneficial for medical patients, you know, in that aspect. And so I was just so happy that when nature, and it's so funny, I, when nature's key came out, I didn't even know him. I didn't even talk to him. You know, I was working at a dispensary. I worked for Evergreen Dispensary right there at 63rd in Portland. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd never met any of the reps except just when they do pop-ups and stuff, but I just always recommended their products. And then one day Joe came in and he and I started talking and it just started this thing. And that's how I'm here with you today. That's awesome. <laughs> um, well, we love Joe. So that's and kind of my story. Do. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything like about yes. your parents and all of that. I'm so sorry to hear that they well, passed, but it sounds like you've got to help them out like on their way to doing that. So that's really cool. I tried very, yeah. very hard. And I know we, we as, as just anybody, you know, we want what's best for our parents. We yeah. want what's best for our kids. Absolutely. And my whole goal, other than helping people, was to remove the negative moniker and stigma that was attached to the cannabis plant. Because, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people that have made it look not credible right. when, in fact, that it actually is. I mean... You know, so many people don't realize that even that the, the hemp plant itself, if you remove all the cannabinoids out of it, the hemp plant, I mean, it's better than wood for building. It's naturally fire resistant and pest resistant. And you don't, it, you can grow a field in a year, hmm. you know, and keep reusing the soil. As a matter of fact, and I hate to mention because of everything that's going on over there, um, overseas right now, but uh, Russia and Ukraine were actually using the hemp plant and planting it around Chernobyl to clean up the radiation that was mm, in the ground. Interesting. And it's huge, and it's working. It's working like a charm. I mean, they've got animals back there now. You know, they're starting to do tours again where people could, well, I mean, not right now, but, um, yeah. you know, they were letting people in to go to kind of look around and explore. Um, there's just so much that the, that the plant does. I mean, you guys have seen, you know, hemp's lotion. I mean, I don't know if you guys were like me in, in high school. I had the hemp Adidas. Uh, so <laughs> I, uh, there's just so much that it does and I can't thank you guys enough for doing a podcast and educating people and doing the same thing and just showing people how much you care and making their lives better so I appreciate you guys and what oh, you're doing well thank, thank you, you so much for your words yes. um, okay Lucky so just to kind of jump back into you personally we just have a few questions before we continue to dive into the cannab cannabis research and whatnot. But um, okay. do you still currently consume cannabis? I do. Yeah. What is your preferred way to consume? So, um, you know, I was always old school. I was a, I was a flower guy for just a yeah. long time. Um, I, I like concentrates, um, but I, I never really, uh, and they worked well, but I noticed that my tolerance is really weird with things like that. But it wasn't until live hash rosin came out. Mm. <laughs> we love hash now, rosin. We do. Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, I just, my tolerance was so high and I mean, you know, I'm like smoking uh, pre-rolls like I'm smoking cigarettes, you know, right. I'm just 
I smoke a whole pre-roll on my break. And I was like, okay, you know. And um, when the live hash rosin came out, and um, I'm just going to, one particular brand in Oklahoma that has worked really well for me is Tribe. Okay. And, um, and, 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 and they're two gram baller jars in the price, man. They're just, they're just wonderful folks, wonderful pricing. You just can't be. And, um, so Lance, my buddy that I'm working with at Evergreen, he's like, lucky. He's like, man, you know, I know your tolerance is high. And I know you can't really do some of the, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't do distillate. I couldn't do the CO2 oil, um, just because I hurt my lungs. And, uh, He's like, Lucky, I want you to try this this live hash rosin. You know, this is right as it was coming out. And I tried it and uh, holy smokes. Like it hit my entourage effect. It was it was perfect. I mean, I could take a, a gram and it would last me three or four days. Nice. And so and then I tried I introduced my son to it. Now my son has um scoliosis and um it causes a lot of back pain and a lot of hip pain. And so I was trying to find stuff for him as well. And the hash rosin worked really well for him. And so even up here in Colorado now, um, hash rosin is typically what we do. That's, that's our number one thing, but I still do smoke flour. I do love flour in a pre-roll form. Yeah. Um, but I'm also not that person, you know, if somebody comes by and they're like, Hey man, you smoke a joint. I'm like, well, hell yeah. Like fire it up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not that person at all. So I just know that that's what I particularly buy. And if I, if I'm smelling the jars and something really, really just jumps out at me and just slaps me in the face, then, you know, I'll, I'll grab some flour. Right. You or have to. Have it. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners ourselves, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. So, um, so with ADHD, kind of back to that, what have you found to be like the most beneficial to help you focus and concentrate? So, and this is really, I'm glad that you asked that question because this is going to tie into the paradoxical uh, term again. Um, most ADD and ADHD people, believe it or not, are paradoxical. That's why they take Adderall, Ritalin, Vyvanse, um, all of these drugs, which are basically the one or two molecules off from perfect methamphetamines. Um, and amphetamine, believe it or not, is even in the root of its name. Um, and so... These people, they take these drugs um, to focus and stay alert and know that stuff like that. But there are a few people who are ADHD that are not paradoxical. Hmm. I am one of them. Okay. If I I cannot, yeah. So um, if I were to take the medication that they offer for ADHD, it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It turns me into a horrible person. Oh. And um, yeah, I'm real angry. I'm real. I'm Irish and Celtic anyway. It's just not a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a good thing. And so um, I didn't like it. And um, but I noticed that heavy indica did the trick. 
And over the years, of, of course, I'm always honest with my doctors and, you know, any doctor that values their Hippocratic oath and puts faith in their Hippocratic oath um, would not deny patients cannabis and marijuana. As a matter of fact, doctors that decide that they want to continue to, to issue pharmaceuticals are actually in direct violation of that oath. Um, and so I learned that marijuana was able to keep me still. Well, when I started working in the industry and people were coming in and I was like, you know, and I'd get frustrated people are like, man, I'm sleepy. I can't sleep. I'm hurting. But the indica is just keeping me awake. I feel like I'm going to vacuum my house all night. And I'm like, okay, we're paradoxical. Slow down. Yeah, it's I okay. You. I got you. I got you. And so um, just by myself as a guinea pig and then by studying and everything that we did, um, if you are, if you're listening to this podcast, guys, um, and you are having the issues that I'm explaining, you are paradoxical. Um, I would recommend going to Silverleaf Dispensary in Oklahoma City um, or Evergreen. These are the two dispensaries that are going to know the most medical knowledge when it comes to being paradoxical. Um, and at that point, it's, it's, it's like with anything else, it's a process of elimination. We've got to start somewhere and figure out what's going to work for each person. So when we do get a person that's paradoxical, 50-50 hybrid right down the middle every time. We're going to try to usually blue dream, um, you know, any of those strains that are specifically medical but that are right in the hybrid range because we need to see how it's going to affect people. Um, usually the ADD and ADHD people, about 80%, um, we give them sativa-dominant hybrids. Even pure sativas with people that aren't paradoxical can cause arrhythmia. It can cause heart palpitations. It yeah. can cause paranoia to be worse. Uh, if, you're, if you are military, it can cause PTSD to be much worse. Um, so we have to be very careful. And that's why with each patient that I got, it, it, everyone is different. I took notes, wrote it down. It was a journey. We walked the journey together. And so, and we figure out, they had my number, they could call me. And before anybody goes down this thing, I tell everybody, if you are brand new and you're starting cannabis and we're doing this and we're trying to figure it out, the first thing you need to do is go buy you a, a bottle of pure CBD tinctures or CBD gummies, pure CBD, just something that is not THC. And the reason I say that is, is CBD is the cure-all. So let's say that you get a little too much sativa. You either eat a little too much of a gummy or you smoke a little too much. And now that heart's racing, your heart's pounding, you're real uncomfortable. You, you don't know what to do. You take some of that pure CBD yeah, tinctures. Balance yourself out. That's right. Balances yourself out. Yeah. And so there's a method to the madness. There is a science to the plant. And I appreciate the the vigor and the enthusiasm of the industry of everybody wanting to, to help and give people what they want, but you're not helping anybody if you don't know the right questions to ask. And if anything, you can inadvertently put somebody in the hospital. Mm -hmm. I have seen it yeah. done. Yeah. So that's a, and it's so important. Yeah. So that's kind of a good transition. So for somebody who listening, who may have cancer or know somebody with cancer, would you mind sharing mm -hmm. your experience a little bit with your dad's journey and just his cannabis journey overall and then what you observed when you gave him cannabis versus pharmaceuticals and then how you found cannabis to be an ally for you guys at this time? Absolutely. I would be glad to. It's no problem at all. Um, I, I, I love talking about this stuff. Um, I miss my dad and my mom. I'm not going to lie. Um, very much. Um, but I was able to help them and with what they went through 
it has helped many others. So I, I, yes, I'm always glad to help others and tell the story. And I just want to also say this when the podcast is over, you know, you guys have my information. You can call me anytime. I will help you. I will help any of your friends. I will help anybody. I don't charge money for this ever. I just want to help. Thank you. Yeah, that's great to know. So my dad um, was a pilot and he contracted um, cancer after he retired from the United States Justice Department. He uh, was a private pilot for Robert Hefner III. If you guys are familiar with Oklahoma City, then you know Hefner Road, Hefner Junior High. Oh, That's yeah. Robert Hefner. Okay. That's the GHK Corporation. It's oil and gas. And so um, when my dad got, he took Lord's Hab. You know, he had polio. He walked with a limp. But the Lord's Hab created a lot of constipation, creates a lot of stomach troubles. It creates a lot of kidney issues. And, you know, my dad was having to take you know, you take one medication to counteract the bad effects of another medication. And this right. is how the pharmaceutical companies get you. Um, and so I, I approached my dad. And like I said, he, he we call it plausible deniability. Because <laughs> he never asked. But I approached him one day and I was showing him the lure tab. And I had all this paperwork and I was reading everything to him. And, and I handed him this chocolate. And he looked at me and goes, what's that? I said, well, it's a chocolate. He goes, well, I know that, but what's in it? I said, why don't you just eat it and just let's go from there, Dad, okay? And he just looked at me. I said, Dad, I love you. You need to trust me. I know what I'm doing. I said, you trust me more than you. So I have an older brother named Eric, and Eric is the golden child of the family. I was the black sheep. <laughs> but my dad <laughs> always listened. My dad always listened to me for some reason. Mom, not so much. <laughs> I said, Dad, yeah. And so um, I gave him the chocolate, and he was, and it, it took a couple of days. I said, it's not going to be uh, overnight. And he was able to, and we, we got rid of the stomach pain. We got rid of the stomach pain. He was able to finally use the bathroom. He was able to sleep. And man, did it give him an appetite. It's like he had the munchies. And so he, uh, he would eat. He, would, he was just in a better mood. He would just, it, it worked so well with his chemistry. And I was using 70-30, 80-20, heavy indicas, kush spectrum for the for all the chocolates so master kush bubba kush uh pure kush um i also used a little bit of northern lights um but i tried to stay to the kush spectrum especially master kush and bubba kush reason for that is those are two of the most amazingly medicinally great strains that you will find bubba kush was actually ranked one of the top five medical strains in the world for god i don't know i can't remember how long um, and so I was able to get him off the lure tab. Now, every once in a while, he might have to take one, but I was, he, between my buddy and I, he was eating 60 chocolates a month to a day. Okay. Nice. And, wow. And so, and I was, and I was providing all of it. You know, I was the one that was getting the flour. I was taking it to my friend. We, and he's a chef. And so, and he was making it and it, it, led his life pretty good. He actually um, was cancer-free for about um, a few months, and then unfortunately it returned. Um, when it returned, it metastasized, and then um, that's when he went into the hospital. And that was when, unfortunately, I doctor said I could not give him the chocolates anymore because I was sneaking them into him at yeah. the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but the doctor came to me and said, I know what you're doing. And I appreciate what you're doing. He goes, but one of the medications that he's on will react adversely. Mm -hmm. 
And I said, what medication is it? And then the doctor agreed to sit with me and he gave me a laundry list of medications that THC does not work for. And so that, in addition, helped me with my mom. But like I said, mom, as she went on, decided that it wasn't um, it wasn't for her. I couldn't get her to eat it. Mm-hmm. So all she would eat would all she would eat at the very end were Skittles and popcorn. I got you. So with researching in the internet for cannabis, whatever sources, it can be very like overwhelming and with like different regimens, yeah. all that. How did you go through the process of finding like what worked for your dad? So being an EMT and a paramedic and growing up in, a, in kind of a medical and government background, um, you, you kind of learn different things, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then with my, with my two dearest friends, one was the, uh, he, he was a traveling anesthesiologist, but his office was at Baylor. Um, and then uh, another one of my friends is uh, chief of radiology and board of directors there at one of the hospitals in Oklahoma City. Okay. And, um, yeah, they were the brains. I, I didn't get any of that. And so we, uh, I would come to them and I would say, hey, look, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm researching. I need all access to everything that you can give me. It's, I need all the studies that were done with THC and cannabis. And they get me everything they needed. And, of course, when you're looking online and I tell people, you know, if you're starting out this journey and you're, you're wanting to learn about the cannabinoids, um, you're wanting to learn about the strains, uh, Leafly is, 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 is wonderful. Um, Leafly is wonderful. Um, all of your basic, your, you know, your weed maps and all that yes. stuff, it's going to have some type of information to it that's going to be beneficial. But really, if you go to Google and you type in, um, you know, the strains that you're researching and you type in the cannabinoids, well, what you can do from there is you need to cross-reference. You'll cross-reference um, certain cannabinoids and you can type in, let's say, for example, let's say CBN, Okay. We'll, we'll just use that one for right now. So CBN, and we'll type in CBN um, cannabinoid, and you know slash, and then medical study. And what's going to happen is now it's going to pull up all the medical studies that have to do with the cannabinoids, and a lot of them are very beneficial. A lot of them are good. Some of them um, give great information, although it is not in favor of that. And this is again why I stressed when we were talking that each person I get to is so different and important. There are people that have high sensitivity to THC, and then there are people that are flat out allergic. Um, as a matter of fact, I've, I know a couple people that if they are within a hundred yards of a plant and could smell it, it's like they get sprayed in the face with mace. Their face swells up. Their their eyes they're, they're swollen shut. They're you know um, so it's. This is very important stuff and why we need to ask the right question. And so that's kind of, but how I learned was just researching, Googling. But the minute, you know, if you type in just a word and you pull up all this stuff, some of the stuff is not going to be really relevant or it's not going to be accurate. And so I found it, you know, and my buddy said this, he goes, type that in slash backslash medical study or medical archive or medical anything and goes and it's going to pull up what's available to the public now and he goes and then I'll get you with what's not out there yet and so um, that is how I did it and so if you guys if you're researching and, and you're doing this you know type in your cannabinoid please make sure that you read to spell it properly right. <laughs> and so that's important yes. <laughs> so I, I know with marijuana you know, sometimes it, you know we forget things but yeah please type it in properly and and then research and read. And it just took me 
years of reading and research. And but I was really trying to focus on certain things. I know most people may be uh, trying just to understand a little bit here and there. But if you're really trying to learn, you're really trying to focus, and you have a medical malady, for one, you can always get my information from these nice girls and call me. I'd be glad to help. Number two, make sure that you type it in right and then type in medical and medical study or anything it's like that. It's a keyword, huh? And medical. It's with anything. Yeah. Keywords are important. Yes. And so that is how I learned, but it was all really self-taught. Yeah. Well, that is awesome. So with the medical cannabis advising you were doing, what do you think was the key to having such a great patient success rate? I know um, previously to this conversation, you said you had a great success rate with all the people you were helping. What do you think? I have a 100% was... success rate. Okay, wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. What was yeah. the key I mean, to I'm not, I'm not trying to brag at, at all. Oh, I don't, yeah, you should brag. Post. That's I'm awesome. Just, I'm very... I'm very, very blessed and lucky that, you know, no pun intended, um, that, uh, that <laughs> lucky, I was I need able you to, to tell uh, us what your <laughs> real name is. The people need to know, because when we came on this call at first, he was like, this is Josh. And I was like, what, do we have the right person? And then Lucky's your nickname. <laughs> yeah. So, so everybody there, um, and that are listening to the podcast and, and I'm kind of Oh, it sounds terrible. I'm, I've been in Oklahoma a long time, so I know quite a bit of people. I'll just put it that way. And yes. so, um, so my real name, guys, is Joshua McGill. Um, I graduated Putnam City North in 1996. Um, I grew up in Oklahoma City. My mom and you know, my mom was Highway Patrol. My dad was Captain Justice Department. Um, and so, but my real name is Josh. But everyone calls me Lucky, and it has been my name, my nickname since I was a little kid. <laughs> and so, um, so guys, here's talking. You hear Josh Lucky. It's same person um but um the success with 124 people yeah the it it boils down to two things communication and caring yeah you have to care Mm -hmm. because these people when somebody is frustrated and they need help the last thing that you want to be is like, mm, yeah, okay, mm-hmm, 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 you know, where you're cutting them off, mm-hmm, yeah, no, no, you know, where you're not. Right. You have to learn, and most humans, regardless, you know, will get rid of the sociopaths, but most humans have a level of empathy, and you, you sit and you listen to them, you listen to their story, and it's real important that you get all the details because they're, you know, the devils and the details, and so. Um, I would just listen to them, listen to their story, listen to what they've gone through, listen to what dispensaries they've been to, and when they're done, that's when I tell them, okay, this is a journey. I have some questions that I need to ask you, but I want you to know right now that you will not walk this road alone anymore. I am here with you. You can call me anytime, night or day. I can tell you how to counteract anything, and I have a series of questions, and then I put them through, and I have a method. I have a, a, a set method that I use to where I get all my questions asked, I get all my questions answered, and then we start the process. And so I need two most important things at all. I need to know if they're paradoxical, and I need to know if they've got a sensitivity to THC. So communication is paramount. Yes. And then, and then, to, talk, and then to ice that cake, you have to care. You have to care what these people are going through. You have to have empathy. You have to want to make their life better. Right. And that's what it is. I, you know, I could, I'm, there's only two medical cannabis advisors in the entire state of Oklahoma and I'm one of them. 
The other one is Jerry Almuffler. When it went legal, the, there were only two people that could answer any legitimate questions for the doctors, and that was he and I. And the term medical cannabis advisor was actually given to us by doctors in Oklahoma City. They, um, we didn't have a title. They were like, well, we've got Josh here tonight. He's going to be talking with Josh. What, what do you do? And I tell him, I was like, well, what's your title? Well, I don't have one. I just know a bunch of stuff that said, so you're going to be our, uh, well, medical cannabis advisor. I said, sounds great. <laughs> and we got the, that's how we got that, that name. And Jerry at Silverleaf has done such a great job working with the elderly and removing the negative stigma from them because that's an older generation. Mm-hmm. And so they're old school. And so marijuana to them was definitely taboo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, but it's really just about listening, caring, and then just walking with them and, you know, taking notes and making them take notes. You know, mm-hmm. you, it's okay to hold their hand, but they need to know how to take care of themselves too. Because look at me, I don't live in Oklahoma anymore. I'm in Colorado now mm-hmm. and I'm in Colorado because of my own medical reasons. Mm-hmm. And so I actually had to leave the state of Oklahoma because I've had a heat stroke and several bouts of heat exhaustion. Wow. Wow. And so that's another reason. Well, and I, I had a brain tumor removed a few years ago. And okay. so that also has caused a, yeah. yeah. Um, and I used cannabis. I was only on, and I was only on painkillers for four days after oh. my surgery. Wow. And then after that, I switched to a, I switched to nature's key. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And so, um, and it was, it was really good, but the guys really, it's, it's, it's doing what you're doing now. Yeah. You know, you two are, are caring. You two are listening to these people and that's really all it boils down to. And, and guys out there, you're listening to the podcast. You know, if you're running into the paradoxical thing, if you're running in or if you're just nervous, if you don't know how to ask the right questions, I'm telling you silver leaf or evergreen, but if it's really, truly a medical and we're working with medical and that's all we're dealing with, we're not trying to be recreation or just to relax, as it were, Silverleaf is going to be your best bet. Silverleaf Dispensary is the number one medical dispensary in the state of Oklahoma. Jerry knows more than I do. So when I have questions, he is who I went to. When I was hurting, because I don't treat myself. You just don't. Um, I can, but I, I, I don't. And so I, I would always go to Jerry. Jerry would always assist me and we were a team and likewise if there was something that Jerry had questions about because I'm more focused on cancer so I know a lot more about cancer and medical than most people do Mm -hmm. and so um so he would call me you know whether it doesn't matter what type of cancer I'm pretty well versed in it and so it's we would just help and it just boils down to you know Jerry's dispensary he's got a room in the back when you come in he takes you in there and it can take all day it could take eight hours. He's going to get to the bottom of what's ailing you, and he's going to figure out the plan for yeah. you. And it's all private. It's all secluded, you know. And, and I love that. And yeah. that's what I was trying to do. But in Oklahoma, we have so many people that are focused more on recreation than we are on medical. And you need a lot of people that are still quiet and a little taboo and maybe embarrassed. They don't want to come into a big dispensary. They don't want they – want, they want privacy. They want quiet. They want – you know, to be feel like they're yeah, they're really in like one. a doctor setting. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So just communication and caring, guys. That's that's really all it boils down to. Yeah. So, lucky from your own experience, what would you say has been the most rewarding part about helping people find the way for them on their own journey? 
you're going to give me a second because this, uh, yeah, that's okay. I always get a little emotional that's at this right. part. Um, Take your time. Because I'm so, I don't charge money. I don't want money. Yeah. I don't, that's not neither here nor there. When, when the patients come in and they're crying tears of joy and you can see the relief. Yeah. You know, you've done something really big for their life. I just, uh, I hope so many, but the two that I wanted to help the most, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm so sorry. No, you're okay. cool on a podcast. I get it. You're you have okay. a, you've had a lot of experiences of people close yeah. to you, and this whole process is very rewarding seeing people's lives change that you've yeah. impacted somehow mm-hmm. to some extent. So, and this may sound cheesy like an after school special or something, but uh, when they come in and I uh, see the relief in their eyes and I see the tears because I've ended the pain. I see my parents' faces. Yeah. Give me just a second. You're just fine. Okay, sorry about that. And so when they come in and I see this, every patient I help is mom and dad. Every patient I help is someone's grandparents. Yeah. Every patient I help, it's someone's brother, sister. Yeah, it's a beautiful way to mother, look at it. Mother, father. Mm-hmm. And when I see the relief in their eyes and that I've opened up a whole new world of of relief that will not make them addicted to anything. That yeah. will not give them stomach problems or cancer of the kidneys or stomach cancer or yeah. horrible constipation. Just When I see them come in and they just break down that is that's payment and then some mm-hmm. and so that that's what gets me yeah that's that's such a rewarding feeling and I, I remember and i'm so sorry i didn't mean to that's okay but i can't ever okay. get through this part talking without getting it's okay. that's okay that it just shows your passion for it and that's that's why brandon and i do what we do is so People like yourself can share your stories and inspire other people. Yeah, inspire other people, inspire us. And it's just thank you for sharing everything that you have. This has been this has been a beautiful conversation and we appreciate what you do for our community and really everyone out there that you've helped. It's I know it's a rewarding feeling when people come back and you get to see the joy in their face. I worked at a dispensary briefly and I didn't do near the amount of work you've done, but you know, just to be able to help people find a regimen and be out of pain and just see a whole new face of hope is, is a rewarding feeling. And so I can, I can relate just a little bit to how you feel and and the powerful emotions behind that because it's so, it's such a beautiful thing to see somebody go from one really low place to somewhere where they didn't even think that they could be. Um, I remember one of the ladies came in one time and she told me, she goes, for the first time in my life, I've been able to live and hold my grandchildren. Yeah. The little things. So it is, it's truly the the little things. And that's that's all I ever, you know, when I worked at the dispensary, I made all at 12 bucks an hour. 
Yeah. I could have gone to any other job. I could have worked. I mean, I've owned my own company before. I was an oil and gas landman for 13 years. Um, I've got a decent education. And so I could have done, but I didn't. I wanted to help people. I wanted to truly help. And I knew what the plant could do if someone would just listen. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many people that I've had walked through that door that vehemently hated marijuana, wanted to come in and, you know, they came in with another patient and they were just, no, this doesn't work. And I said, I bet if you give me five minutes, I can change your mind. Yeah. And That's said, all it and takes. And I even told one guy, one guy, he was like, nope. I said, I'll give you a $20 bill. He goes, you'll pay me 20 bucks to listen to you for five minutes. I said, I sure will. Pulled out the 20, laid it on the table and said, you know what? You're going to keep that 20 regardless. I said, you just made 20 bucks. All I want is to t- talk to you for five minutes. And after five minutes, he was one of my best patients. That's amazing. That's cool to hear. Oh, man. We got him. He got his card. That's awesome. We got everything. Like, man, he he is now one of my biggest advocates. That's awesome. We love to see him. Yeah. So, Lucky, we like to ask everyone this question, but what's a stigma you would like to see change revolving cannabis? That the plant is not just for recreation. The plant is purely and truly genuinely medicinal and whoever put us here put that plant here because we are the only mammals have the only high value you know Mm -hmm. system that you know can you know cannabinoid system and the plant is the only endocannabinoid plant on the planet so it was made for us and Mm -hmm. we just i just want to remove the negative stigma that it is and that's that's all i was trying to do it's yeah. just removed so that people that would know that there is another option available to them other than opiates. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like you've done a great job of doing that. So mm-hmm. thank you. Thank for- you. I appreciate you guys so much for what you guys do and what you're doing to educate and people out there. And you guys are really on the front line. And I just can't thank you guys enough for what you do. Thank you so much. We appreciate your words so much. Uh, Well, guys, I think this wraps up today's episode. Lucky, thank you again so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us and share your story. We're so grateful for people like yourself opening up, educating, and help break stigmas within our community. It was a true pleasure. And we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode. And as always, um, stay medicated. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.